Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for episode 52 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find detailed show notes to this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 52. So I'm doing something a little different in this episode, and I'm exploring a topic that's less about achieving a high income level and more about achieving fulfillment in your business and in your life. And in the premise of this show, and really my general approach to freelancing, is that earning more in less time should be one of your key drivers. It should be one of your main goals because it's that kind of progress, when done in a spirit of balance, of course, that enables you to have more time, more freedom, and live a richer life without sacrificing your income. You know, we tend to look at this income thing as a trade-off. And I've always argued that it does not need to be a trade-off. I think that's the wrong model. That's the wrong approach. You can achieve both. You can have a high income level, have more freedom and flexibility in your life. However, there are times when optimizing your income is not necessarily the best goal. You know, this earn it more and less time model is is not for everyone. And, and I admit that. It, it, it might be for a lot of people, but sometimes it's just not the right model, not the appropriate model in every situation or in every stage of life. You know, you move through different stages in your life, and sometimes there's a different model that works best. And that became very apparent to me when I was approached recently by one of my listeners, a freelance writer by the name of Kathleen Fink. And she pointed out a different take on my model. And it's really one that can work especially well for retiring baby movers, the, those who are already retired and those who are already thinking about retirement, who are approaching that retirement age. And Rather than making income the focal point, what Kathleen has done is she's found great joy and fulfillment in pursuing writing assignments through her passions. She's found that there's an amazing opportunity right now for boomers who are approaching retirement age or already retired, who have great skills, knowledge, experience, and perspective that could be put to use in in a really uh, useful uh, in, in profitable way, but profit not being the main driver, the main goal. And in this episode, she's going to share some great insights and ideas that may change the way you view retirement. Now, obviously, this is extremely relevant for those of you who are approaching retirement or already retired. But, you know, I think everyone will find some nuggets here. I think that don't skip over this because you're 35 years old and you don't think this applies to you. I think there's some really valuable lessons for just about everyone. So with that, let's go straight to the interview. Hey, Kathleen, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and you know, specifically your background, your experience with writing and so forth. Well, I actually have done over 20 years of project management experience in financial services, and I didn't really realize this at the start, but that involves continuous writing. I started writing project plans and issues lists and strategic visions and all kinds of customer documents and training documents. And I also, by the way, useful for writing, researching um, developing networking skills, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I did that for many years in um, one continuously changing, merging organization with many different um, cultures. So that um, was not something I saw as a transferable skill. However, even back then when I was incredibly busy focusing on that kind of thing, I went to the editor of a Japanese garden design magazine and said, hey, do you 
would you be interested in writing an article on this? I'm interested in the subject. And he turned the tables on me. So I started writing articles on Japanese garden design and tea ceremony and did one or two a year for over a period of 10 years. Oh, even wow. even while I was being um, a project manager, because I have a very strong passion. I have quite a few of them, but one of my strong passions is Japanese garden uh, gardening and the tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was incredibly satisfying. You know, that was even a volunteer job. I wasn't paid for it. I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I was in this forum of English speaking folks who love Japanese gardens and tea ceremony. And I could, you know, actually communicate that way. Now people do it via blogs and internet groups and stuff very much more efficiently. But back then, it was it was quite a treat to be part of that community. So. Sure, sure. And, and uh, we do have listeners in Japan, by the way, so that's really cool. And mm-hmm. uh, I lived there for three years. I lived in Okinawa, so I'm, I'm familiar with the tea ceremony. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yep. It really is I, a beautiful culture. Yep. So that... I knew there was more to life than one job. I had other things in my life that mattered to me. Mm-hmm. So when I was laid off um, from the banking world, as were so many people, baby boomers and others, um, I started learning about job hunting as an area of passion, which it still is, joined job seeker networking groups and um, decided that I was going to have time and thank goodness to work on some other things I love. So I also collect beautiful rocks and I went looking for an article about one of the types of Jasper that I collect and there wasn't one. So having written all these articles about Japanese gardens, I said, I'm going to write that article. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I actually went out and bought myself a camera with super macro capability, learned how to use it, got the writing guidelines from, you know, another hobby magazine, learned how to do that. Um, and just decided that I'm going to do it. And I took my time and I went through it and I started getting articles published while I was, you know, doing that and some other things, learning how to counsel people who are job hunting and that kind of thing. So that was fun. I did that for a while. And then I discovered I wasn't probably going to get a job in banking again. So I did a detailed self-assessment and out of that, um, a lot of different factors told me that what I really wanted to do was to go freelance. And that was not in the context. That was back in 2008. And it wasn't in the generic, I mean, I'm very much part of the trend, but I was not aware that I was part of a trend, that there's so many people that have decided they can't get a job in the conventional way. So they're going to go freelance. So I was out there um, doing it. And my my little business is called Expressive Projects. It involves writing, photography, and garden design. And I just started writing on all kinds of things. I continue to write about rocks and gardens and tea ceremony. I picked up, I also love music and I sing. So I did a concert series um, and do PR work. I write about gardens and the arts and how that supports well-being. Um, some crafty things, shadow boxes, and now I'm moving into a focus on wellness and how we can all improve our health by taking responsibility for that. So that's a little background on me, but I've always been communicating via writing, but I had no idea I could write about my passions and make that the focus of what I do. So just so I make sure I understand here, the the writing you do, is this for a blog that you publish or is it for a combination of maybe a blog and some uh, publications where you have your articles placed? Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that. The type of writing. Sure. Um when I write about rocks and Japanese gardens and tea ceremonies, I'm doing that for specific published magazine entities. Um, I do PR for a couple of musicians, and that goes out on the media, online as well as in hard copy print media. Um, and in writing about the arts and gardens and that kind of thing, um, I, I get to 10 conferences for free, and I write up um, coverage for the conferences, which gets um, published out online. I don't have a personal blog. I link some of that to my LinkedIn profile. Um, eventually, I may stop doing the actually writing an- enough to get a blog up and going. But so far, I have found that um, I have no problem finding other people's blogs or other ways of publishing without even having to have a website or a blog of my own, interestingly enough. Gotcha. So, 
Okay, no, that's 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 really neat. And um, so it sounds like you have a variety of of, of clients, different uh, media, and that's actually a good segue to my next question because really what we're talking about today is using your writing skills in retirement, whether you suddenly find yourself retired because you've, <laughs> you've realized that you're not going to go back, uh, or this is a planned retirement, now you're looking for some way to use your your talents, your skills, your passions. And, and, you know, you and I communicate, gosh, we, we uh, got in touch, uh, what, a couple of months ago. We've had kind of an interesting conversation via phone, via email about the amazing opportunity right now for, for baby boomers who are either retired or approaching retirement and are trying to figure out how they can leverage those talents. So tell us a little bit about that because you've, you've done a lot of thinking and research in this area. Yeah, it's it's really an amazing opportunity. There are about 76 million baby boomers who were born between 1946 and 1964. And a quarter of them, that was a quarter of the total population in 2006. Wow. Over 50% of those are, have a college education. And they started retiring in 2011. Now, many boomers are not retiring because they, they need the um, income or um, they don't need to. They're doing stuff they love and they just keep doing it. There are a lot of those lucky folks. But there are also a whole bunch of people. And um, again, I'm very interested in the whole employment thing and what's going on in the world of work who are overstressed and unhappy in their work. And some of those boomers have stepped down from high stress jobs and taken lower stress ones or changed their focus a bit or are now doing part-time or even portfolio careers that involve maybe three or four different skill sets cobbled together. So there are lots of people and then they're lucky ones who can afford to actually stop working. But within that resource pool, there's a huge amount of experience, bandwidth, and energy. People are um, have a lot of energy. I count myself among them. I'm in better health than I was 20 years ago. So mm -hmm. I have a lot. I don't want to retire in the sense of you know, um, not doing something that's meaningful to me. So, and many of these folks, like me, didn't realize that they have writing skills that can be put to good use, both for their own benefit and to benefit others. And there's no end of worthy things to write about, large and small. If they don't have a lot of personal passions like I do, there are enough um, key issues locally, nationally, and globally that can use people who can apply their experience and wisdom and perspective and time they may have to dig in. So I put it this way, that writing skills plus a little bit of leisure, maybe not full-time leisure, plus some kind of passion or interest can actually be turned into or equal personal satisfaction plus making a difference. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole cultural shift on this. Ariana Huffington has just published a book called Thrive, which has her new definition of success rather than burnout in corporate America is to focus on well-being, wisdom, wonder, and giving. And all of that kind of motivation of including lifestyle issues first and then being able to have the time to really do some of the things that are a little softer that take some exploring and maybe some openness to what you're really feeling and then being able to help others that's an incredible opportunity for boomers you know that this generation may be the last in a, in a while that will have the luxury of applying a certain amount of resources and leisure to their retirement years because of some of the challenges that the the globe's facing and economic challenges and all of that Many people like myself were able to work for the same company for 20 years and have a retirement of sorts already saved. So that group is in a position to provide, um, whether at a local level or whatever level it is, a, a huge amount of benefit to this world we live in as well as to themselves. So there's just, there is a huge opportunity here. Well, and let's talk a little bit more about those benefits because, you know, obviously most of what we talk about in this podcast is really the income part of it. And the uh -huh. idea is not that money is the only thing to go after. The premise is, look, if you can boost your income 
to a certain level, then that opens up a lot of doors. That opens up a lot of freedom and flexibility. But I think there's another side to that that's kind of implied in the message that I put out there that you're really bringing to the surface here. And I'm and I appreciate you doing that. Which is, you know, there, there's a there's a flip side to that, especially if you're in a situation like you are. Tell us a little bit more about the benefits of, of pursuing these kinds of passion based writing opportunities during retirement. Well, what hit home for me a um, number of years ago, I read um, an article about this book written by an Australian nurse, Bronnie Ware, called "The Top Five Regrets of the Dying," and that she found. An- found was a wish that they lived a life that was true to themselves. So you may not, like, you know, myself at 65 facing a window of retirement, I can't go go back and and become a, you know, brain surgeon or something like that. What I could do is become educated on some aspect of how the brain works and write from my own individual perspective and experience a pretty interesting article on the topic. Just Mm -hmm. pick that out of the air. But there's an opportunity in retirement to actually get into some of this being true to yourself on levels that you might not have been able to do when you were trying to earn a living in a dog-eat-dog world. Um, at very low risk and at at low stress. So whether you um, use the internet or even write a private letter to family members you haven't been in touch with for a while, that kind of writing from the heart, which involves your true self, will create something that I think is amazingly powerful called synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that resources find you because you're sending out a vibration that says that you have meaning around this subject. And you just start radiating around that subject and resources say, wow, you know, you have something interesting to say. Or, you know, I, um, every time, at one point it was amazing because huge and enormous projects where I could make a contribution with my writing found me. And I'm just saying, this is very exciting. And to, to segue into it, I mean, one of the interesting things about retirement is that writing suits a variety of lifestyles and energy levels. If you want to stay home, you can do a lot of research from your computer online. You can use the phone. Um, you can do a lot of writing with, in that way and stay in local circles. Or if you love traveling and you want to go out and meet people and do all kinds of fun things out in the world, you can continue to write while you're doing that. Almost any lifestyle can adapt to this. So that's... Um, a really interesting thing about it, and a lot has been opened up by the new world of, of the internet and, and computer connections. But more importantly, in terms of personal satisfaction, uh, happiness is a lot about meaning. And can you make a contribution that has meaning to you and to others? And writing can really do that, even a small piece, even a comment somewhere on someone's Facebook page that you know points them in a direction. Um, it's amazing. I and mean, writing has such power at whatever level. So you can create satisfaction for yourself by the writing process itself, which is, you know, creative play, developing and trusting your intuition, experiencing flow where you lose a sense of self. You're so into what you're doing. And you can build all kinds of connections. And these are all soul-feeding activities. I don't say that these are foreign to people who are writing for a living. But when you can do this around something you absolutely care about where you're choosing the horizontal and the vertical and the subject and you're able to take your time about it and really say, now, what do I really sense about that? And who do I want to call to check that out with? That's really soul feeding. And all of that's possible through writing. So it's really powerful. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, can, I can absolutely see that. And you're right. And what you're doing is you're taking, you know, this is something that, if you've been writing for a while, you, you you already have hopefully experienced that many times. But here's an opportunity to to really do more of that, right? To mm-hmm. have more of those moments. Um, and I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit in terms of um, some of the opportunities out there. And I want to talk a little bit more about what's what's available. We're 
where people who are in this situation can start looking and how they can start thinking about this. But one of the things that I hear a lot from from people who are in their 50s and 60s, and I got a lot of listeners in that in that age bracket, um, especially those who have experienced age discrimination in the workplace, they're afraid that they're going to find the same discrimination when they retire and they start freelancing and they're looking for freelance writing opportunities. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my general thought about thoughts about that is, uh, and I really found this to be the case, that being older can be an advantage. Um, and there's there's a couple of reasons why that's true. First of all, um, older people tend to have some kind of subject matter expertise or experience that they can bring to the table, which in the context of writing where the de- product delivery that you're producing is something with a lot of face validity, the fact that you can do that and that you have something to say and you have a perspective can be very valuable. The other thing that I think is generally true, and I don't mean to be prejudiced against the young people with great writing skills who are inc- incredibly good at it and very, very careful and reliable, there is, um, I don't know, a prejudice out there which can work to our advantage that old school can mean careful, reliable, and often that you're a better writer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that you do write in a very professional way and make all your communications highly um, professional to maintain that image. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very careful to use su- subject lines that are very clear and all my email communications follow the writer's guidelines, put out reminders at the right time, ask questions politely, all those kinds of old school things, but that can work to your advantage. Um, the other thing about the kind of writing that I do, many, much of it's at risk. So when you don't have to earn a, a complete living doing it, you can go out and write. You can say, are you interested in an article on this? And the hobby magazines in particular, the kinds of things I started with, are fine with that. So they say, sure, you know, we can't tell you whether we'll accept it, but we like your topic. And here's the guidelines and all that kind of stuff. So you go out there and you work with them and they'll often help you because they want articles from readers who have, have some kind of hobby interest. They'll work with you so that you get it right. And then after that, if you do two or three articles, they're, they're begging you for articles. So um, that helps so that at that point, what's happening is that you've got the experience because you have a passionate interest in it. And because you're a little older, they assume you've been doing it for 10 years. You may have been doing it for six months, but you know. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Right. And then the other thing is that I think that passion and networking and and timing trump um, age in a lot of this because – if you really do your homework to find out what your true passions are, people are, you know, people who share your passions and many of the editors do or the pe- the sources where you're going to be writing, that's what radiates the energy in the youth. It comes through, you know, it, you can hear it in my voice. So, I mean, if you really love something, my, for instance, my composer musician client hired me on the base of PR that I did on a volunteer basis for a concert fundraising series. And, I just called him up and I said, I'd like to, you know, run a few sentences by you that to me describes your music and sight unseen and like almost immediately he said, I'd love to hire you to do all my PR. <laughs> I said, okay. Oh, he had wow. no idea. He had no idea how old I was. And I, and he's, and he's a really charming human being and we have a, a delightful relationship and I've been doing his PR for two or three years now. So. Is he about your age or is he younger? Older? He's a, he happens to do kind of a jazz rock um, fusion type of sound, and he is, I'd say, maybe in his 50s. Okay. So he's one of us. But I'm having nosed around in that world a little bit, um, there are, uh, if, you know, if, you have, if you're knowledgeable or passionate about per, any particular type of music and get out there, I don't think, you know, I think it would be kind of amusing to people if you're, older and you're an absolute expert and totally enthusiastic about the latest music rage. They love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. So, so let's talk about some of what you just mentioned, which is opportunities. You know, you you talked Mm -hmm. about how you found one of these opportunities. Uh, How easy is it to find freelance writing opportunities? And 
of the, of the nature that we've been discussing here that are you know a lot of passion based and where would you look what are some ideas there well first of all don't ignore the possibility for barter i was really surprised how um possible that it is you know like i said i i get into free concerts with all those um you know the concert series of my musician um, there's sometimes shops who would like some help with, with um, some PR. I've written and used photographs for an incredible bed and breakfast inn that I just adored. And I've, you know, gone online and done reviews for them and stuff like that. And I've gotten three days of free nights at the place, actually. Wow. Yeah, really nice. There's barter opportunities for people who, you know, make a relationship. And this is all relationship-based. And then there's some boomers who... Um, maybe friends of yours and they have amazing stories or they have, um, they need some customer custom work done. Um, and so you can do that. There's academic, um, conference coverage. There's, um, uh, amazing things, hobby magazines. I've mentioned nonprofit and religious groups are often looking for volunteer opportunities. One of the little things that I do because I, I just enjoy doing it is I write up, um, new member brief articles for the newsletter for my church, you know, and they're great. And I get to know people. <laughs> this mm-hmm. just takes 15 minutes. So you're creating, and the, then the local newspaper, and I actually managed to, to finagle away my way into healthcare journalist conference in Boston recently. And some of the strategies, you can finagle an article on a subject of, of some interest or depth if it has a local tie with your local newspaper, which can make the provide a first step into other journalistic opportunities, because mm-hmm. you can use that right that copy and you can and you can create links to the copy, or you can there's many different ways to to create community around a subject as well. So letters to the editors, comments on LinkedIn or Facebook groups, Amazon reviews. There there are many. Um, I've, I have several friends who are writing books as I speak, and I usually talk to them and I say, you know, I really like what you're doing. I'd love to write an Amazon review for you in exchange for a copy of the book. They're another kind of barter, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I care about the subject. And, you know, you can, there's ways to create community remarkably quickly with people who are really out there and high up in the field by um, getting out there on some of these these LinkedIn, you know, communities or even Facebook, you know, pages that people have out there and you have to follow up. You, you, you know, say, can I get in touch with you afterwards and follow up on this conversation? It's been so fascinating. And out of that can come a writing project very easily, but there's usually, if you find a passion or an interest, and I've just talked about some of the things that I've been doing, there's a way to write about it. (laughs) Yes. And so you can volunteer with the team that's, I mean, I did an incredible project with the team that was trying to take a healthcare problem that was little recognized, misunderstood, and disguised itself as obesity in women, but isn't cured by diet or exercise. And there's a whole incredible project around that. And I volunteered to help out with copy on webinar, PR, and that kind of thing. And there's a whole international team going off and making change that will help millions of women worldwide and is already making incredible progress. So there's no limit to the opportunities that will fall in your lap if you keep following what, you're tr- what you really care about, what motivates you, and just look around a little bit and be a little creative. It's out there. Well, and it's, I, I can't emphasize that enough, and you can't emphasize that enough. It's this whole issue about passion, right? Because mm-hmm. much of what you talked about here, we've addressed in other shows, but where uh, ma- most of the time, I would say it has a business, a pure business slant to it. But mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned just to take an example, uh, commenting on LinkedIn groups or you know, somebody's Facebook page. Um, it's very different if you if you just tell them, "Oh, I thought you know your stuff was really interesting." which may or may not come across as authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have a real passion for, like I said, Japanese uh, gardens, mm-hmm. and, and you do the same thing on a page that has to do with that, that's, it, it takes a whole different meaning, right? And, and, it, and it comes across very, very differently than it mm-hmm. does if you're just throwing it out there. It's like, oh, that looks nice. You know, let, me, let me see if I can maybe start some dialogue with this person. 
Yeah. And you can have so much fun with it. I was on a healing gardens LinkedIn group and I talked about somebody had a little video of a fountain. I said, well, what if you put colors and music in there? And it all varied depending on what was going on with the sounds around and birds and all that. And we went off and had a lot of fun with that idea (laughs) with all these experts, you know, people who really do this stuff. I'm just, I'm very enthusiastic about using gardens for healing as healing space. But this is an opportunity for me who has a a deep passion but not any professional credentials to talk to people who are out there really doing it. (laughs) And it was amazing. Yeah, I would add that, you know, many times if you find uh, books that are about to be published on the topic uh, that, that you're interested in, I'll tell you right now, those authors are very, very interested in engaging in interviews and in, in getting uh, blog posts written about their their work, whatever. And mm-hmm. if you're sincere and authentic in your passion about the topic and you approach them that way with that sincerity, let me tell you, you have an immediate uh, a captive audience there with that author because he or she is trying to get publicity for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's an opportunity right there to um, – to establish some dialogue and, and possibly start a relationship with that individual. Right. And the same kind of thing holds for, say, um, you know, a local gallery or um, I don't know what your thing could be, um, a sports team or anything. If you have a particular personal appreciation, that's, I'm a lot about, you know, if, if I were to say about me with all my passions and stuff, I have a gift for appreciating things. And if you can show that, that you really get what they're doing and that you can convey that to to their customers or to their family or whoever the target audience is, that's an immediate opening for writing about it. So, Mm -hmm. Well, tell me a little bit about the pace and what Mm -hmm. what that's like. I mean, is it as crazy as it is in the corporate environment? Because that's the the world that I kind of came from and that I work in. And and I ask that because I know that many retirees or people who are looking – already towards retiring in the next few years, don't really want to go full tilt and, and just be meeting, having to meet crazy deadlines all the time. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, for me, it's one of the most remarkable things about this little business that I've set up for myself is that I have the time to breathe and to explore new things. The pace can be quite relaxed. It does require some discipline. I have worked on a number of writing projects that went over years or months at a very kind of low-key pace while various issues came together and other things were happening in between. And then there was kind of a push at the end to get the copy together and actually get it done. At a certain point, you've got to sit down and really focus and edit and pull it together and meet all the guidelines. And, you know, my concert series does have deadlines and, you know, my client does. But unless it's an event... I can generally even negotiate. I just worked on an article um, that somebody found me and said, will you write about this new Jasper I discovered? I said, be happy to. It sounds like fun. And we've been working on that a number of months. And there was no deadline involved. And we negotiated that it was we were not going to be able to do a particular deadline because he's a farmer and he was out needing to do farming things for a while. So mm-hmm. all of that is like really nice. It's like a totally different world. You can write shorter pieces that um, involve a much smaller commitment. I've written 20, 25-page documents for certain purposes. But the shorter pieces are often more publishable because they pay less for them, for one thing. Um, They can be quite low-stress, low-risk. And as I said, deadlines often don't apply. And what that means is you have time to do all – I mean, like I have all these things that I'm writing about are my passions. I'm actively doing a lot of things around those passions, but I have, and exploring new ones, by the way, because that's just me, but I can research a topic without stress. I can talk and really listen carefully. I usually find that my writing changes based on interviewing people, and I hear it with, with my heart and my emotions. And then I read the target publication. I get to know it well enough. I may have a target publication that I haven't published in yet, but eventually, if I get everything in lined up, I'll you know, submit something to them because I'll really at that point know I have something that will work. I can polish my copy at a relaxed pace. You know, for instance, ship it to a friend who knows something about the subject and to one who doesn't. Get both their comments, edit it, put it down for a few days, pick it back up, and then keep editing until I can't improve it anymore. And Mm -hmm. over time, your writing improves. I mean, you know, just even 
from, I wrote a lot of business types of things, but each different publication or different context, I mean, PR writing on music is different from, you know, the kinds of writing that I do in some other kinds of contexts. And you get a feeling, you know, for the diversity and what you like to write about. But the time luxuries, um, you can just write something because the topic calls to you. And one of the lovely ways that you just mentioned with the authors who are trying to get books published, I happen to know a couple of people. One of them was uh, a nurse who went to the top of her profession who became a famous opera singer and a woman who played the violin who got involved with a, a symphony orchestra that was full of musicians and they were good friends. And I said, I would love to write about that. Now, that article hasn't been written yet, but it's out there because I just threw it out and I said, I don't care. I'll find a way to publish it or you guys can publish it. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's just too cool a topic. So you can do stuff like that when you're retired. You don't need to worry about the – you can fill in the gaps and you can see in the gaps, I'm going to go to this meeting or go do this fun thing because I'm – you know, and I don't have it in the back of my mind. I might write about it, but I just know at this point if I get passionate about something, I'm going to write about it. That's who I am. And I do it at my schedule, on my pace, and – um well, you know, amazingly enough, you get credibility doing that kind of thing too. It's so you know, people tend to really think, "Oh, wow, she's going to write about me." That's kind of nifty. Um, and you know, you can do it. You can link these things to your LinkedIn profile now. So I have several of my writing examples and my photography examples out there on my LinkedIn profile. You don't have to have a f complete website or blog. If you do, all the better. But you well, know. Well, let's Let's talk a little bit about the flip side of this because I think mm -hmm. this will this will give us some contrast because this is this all sounds fantastic and but but I know that there's there's a an income side to all this right I know that a lot of retirees don't have the financial resources they were hoping they would have by this point um, they they can't afford to live on Social Security whatever's left of their four hundred one k and even though working on these passion projects sounds amazing. What about the person who does need to earn a certain amount of income? Let's say two or three thousand dollars a month part time. So, so they they need the income, yet you know that the, they they also want to to base it on on their passions. Yeah, I think my own sense, and you know, there have been some times when I've earned money. Many times, I'm not really relying on on the money from this. But if I were going to be putting it into a basis of doing that. And I may decide I really do want to do that at some point. It would be nice to earn a little bit of money. Um, I've been taking enough good care of myself that I might be one of these people who lives quite a few years in retirement and I better have some money saved up. So I totally identify with that idea. But anyway, if the goal is consist to consistently earn money from writing, I feel that especially in retirement, it's all the more important to take the time to understand your unique history and motivations and to be true to your unique perspective and insights, and which then can carry conviction that allows for deep openness, that kind of authenticity is very attractive. And you will tend to attract the kind of people who see you, who get you, and those are the ones who are going to help you with the longer-term opportunities. And that could mean if you have, if you loved what you did in work, and for many years you were a line manager doing something or another, but you have a lot to say about that, you may have some work connections and some people who would, would do that and do it with you. But it's also possible that you never even thought about a particular hobby or, um, you know, a particular subject that you really care about and you have a few friends and you'd like to make more friends, but some of your friends are dying off and you're getting a little lonely while writing provides an excuse to create these new highly meaningful friendships Kindred spirit gets thrown around too much, but and that may not be who they are. They may be very different from you, but they may also be well-connected because they really, really love whatever subject it is that really expresses something unique about your perspective. And I, I get intimidated by people who say in work in general, there's only one thing you can do, especially since in my case I'm a generalist and I have so many passions. I don't really believe that's necessarily true, but I also do believe if you carry, if you really take the time to look into what do you really care about and is there a way to create a message that this world needs, 
and can you leave a last some kind of lasting contribution then that conviction will really help you so you can develop relationships with a few magazine editors if you have a subject that is in different kinds of magazines you can do that it may take a while you may have to you know it's not something you do necessarily have to do overnight you can publish in one magazine build up two or three articles there create self-confidence that you can do that you have a good recommendation from that editor you've got copy you can show people you can branch out to other things you can look at online possibilities for creating visibility for that subject for yourself you should be interacting with other people I feel online live on the phone any other ways you can communicate and get involved to the extent that you're creating human to human connections that's how this builds one way to do this, I did not pursue this path, but I was told that this is how to do it and one could. My jazz rock musician client performs at a number of clubs. And if I wanted to pick up, say, three or four clients and do PR for a number of them, I could be um, looking at developing relationships through a jazz club with a series of musicians. I attend the um, Music Marketing 2.0 um, series that talks about using the latest technology for that, mostly because it's just a riot and a lot of fun. But again, what I'm doing when I do that kind of networking is I'm coming in with something interesting to say and with a passion established. So it may be that you're going to want to spend some time before you jump into writing, actually jumping into the subject and volunteering around the subject or reading about the subject or talking to a lot of people. But, you know, all of that can be done while you're building up some credentials, writing a few articles and then building up and establishing your base so that you can then have entree into whatever meetings or special, um, you know, groups or conferences or whatever organizational structures um, focus around your interests. And that then begins to open doors for you in a very natural way. You don't have to really advertise yourself. You're out there saying, wow, you know, I really liked what you did and I find what you're saying interesting and how about this? It's not about you. It's about, I care about your subject, which makes it easier for a lot of introverts to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I've found, you know, and I've, I've talked to some coaching clients about this and, you know, if you have this fear about approaching someone, I think it's a mental switch. You need to flip that switch by just telling yourself, okay, what if this was a, an acquaintance, somebody who came to me because they needed advice? How mm -hmm. would I approach it? And it, it, it's like instantaneously you, you, you look at it differently, right? Because instead of feeling, because before you're feeling like you had to sell something. Mm -hmm. And now you're feeling like they're coming to me and I'm giving them some free advice. And they're the ones really pursuing me. And it changes the dynamic of the thing, right? So it's the same thing here. So that's what I'm getting out of what you just said, which is, hey, you know, when there's when there's a passion, there's authenticity, and and you really are into the subject, you, you it, it comes across differently. It, it does. Th that desperation is not there. It's not only that they're interested in talking to you. They have an audience that gets it. You mm -hmm. know, they're they're saying huh, you read that article that I wrote in, in whatever thing, and you have an opinion that shows you really thought about it, um, maybe you could write some articles. or some, You know, it just kind of happens. And you, you form friendships and relationships with people. And there are also people who don't even realize that writing could be a huge help to them. You know, they may have a video or they may be working on a documentary. If you can translate to other languages or you have... Um, you know, some skills around how to present things on websites or you may be able to do some other things related like photography, you know, or you can get in there and at, at a fairly low entry level of, of cost because you love the subject and you're going to gain so much more in experience and connections, you're willing to go at it that direction um, because just because you love it, you know, that makes it so much easier. Yeah. And, and it, it's... You're not going to lose because the worst case, you don't get a writing assignment out of it, but you have fun and mm -hmm. you, you discover something that really doesn't have a market for writing. Whereas, whereas that's very unusual, I found. There's usually a way to get whatever your passion is out in writing somewhere. 
And the point is, is that the more you care about it and the more you're, you're naturally networking your way into the people who have the solid reputation or influence, you can start talking to them. I mean, I heard one story from a, a woman who was a consultant and she happened to love bicycle riding. And she met a bicycle writer who happened to be an editor at Harvard Business Review. So she got articles published and from there she got a book published, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. You never know. Right? Absolutely. Where if you went the direct route, um, it, you probably wouldn't have, have, have arrived there. Correct. Not anywhere near as easily. And, you know, as I said, the local newspaper can sometimes work a heck of a lot better than banging your head against the, you know, the publications in the field that have hundreds of people vying to get articles in there or, you know, some little subject matter thing or, you know, some Facebook group has a lot of very open people in it. And you can learn from them and you should learn from them and you should value them and treasure them. And it becomes creative collaboration as much as anything. All my writing projects, by the way, have involved some level of creative pro um, collaboration and writing is always about mutual benefit and mutual relationships, which, by the way, is a hugely valuable thing in retirement. I mean, that's where you're losing your work identity, potentially, that you had for many years. And you may be losing your friends and family. And all of a sudden, you can use writing as a tool to create a huge community, and many communities, if you like, of people that love what you love. What's better than that, you know? And that's where the, the writing opportunities happen. You could do that consistently. You have to be able to write well. But again, you can take some writing and, and share it with some of these people where there's a very little stake and that you can say, you know, I'd like to write in this field. What do you think? Does my style communicate? Did my point come across as an expert? What do you think? They love that. If you make it brief. Mm -hmm. Once you've established the relationship, you can say, you know, I think I got the point you're trying to make, but... I'd really like to understand it so I can put it out on my Facebook page or something like that. You know, low risk, low, you have to be sensitive. There are other writers out there who you want to be supporting them and not competing with them. If they're, if they're working on the magnus opus about, I don't know, button collecting, what you want to do, at least what I do, as I have, I have not very little ego around my writing and, and getting my name out there. Um, I like the freedom to move around. I would say, oh, that's so cool. You know, I'll write, as you said, an Amazon review, or, or I'd be happy to, you know, figure out ways to get the word out among button collectors, which is not what you would do, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is this is wonderful. You've really brought a fresh perspective into this, and Kathleen, because obviously this is not something that I can speak about from experience, so... Um, but, but what you're saying here really resonates. And I tell you, for someone who's not nearing retirement age, what it does give me is a little bit of perspective and maybe kind of a focal point to maybe shift some things around a little bit right now, because this, you don't have to wait until you're at a point where you're about to retire to start making these kind of changes. So I think if anything, it really brings, um, a little bit of clarity into, you know what, you should always be injecting passion into what you do you know it shouldn't all be about the money and there should be some passion there in everything that you do as much as possible um and it's not always going to be perfect you know it, not mm -hmm. everything you write about you'll be extremely passionate about but i think ultimately whether you're you know you're 30 or you're 60 or it doesn't matter um you should have joy in your work you know, and as much of that as possible, you should mm -hmm. be creating a business that enables you to have more of that and to have more freedom and flexibility in terms of the clients, the topics that you write about. Because, you know, really at the end of the day, if we're going to spend that kind of time in our lives and we're going to put our hearts and souls into, into this work, it should mean something. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I really think that one of the things that I do when I counsel people, um, about, you know, job changes or transitions or that kind of thing. What do you, what do you want to leave with this world? What do you really want to make a statement about? Is there something you love so much that you really want to be able to share why you love it with other people so they can get it and maybe one or two people will be inspired to do it them, themselves? So it's not, and I love writing. Writing is one of my passions. It's right up there. 
So writing itself and spinning a good sentence and being able to communicate clearly matters tremendously to me. So that helps. But beyond that, it's, I'm writing, you can be writing, I did that throughout my project career and some spinning some of that stuff, working with those teams was incredibly creative and satisfying. But there, there comes a time when you say, you know, I have a unique opportunity to inject energy and audience and enthusiasm and inspire people about something. And what's the subject that I want to do that on before I die? That's, for me, the bottom line. It's not just that you can put that kind of passion into whatever you're writing about. And I tended to do that. I really did. Because most of the time I'm interested in just about everything, so that helps. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it's it really can be... You know, there are a couple things I really, really care about, and I never thought about it, but maybe I could write about that in a way that somebody else would catch it, and wouldn't that be cool? Wow. Well, again, thanks for coming on today, Kathleen. Very, very powerful message, and um, you know, if if anyone wants to connect with you or want to learn more a little bit about your work or, um, you know, reach out to you, what's the best way to connect with you? Where can they go? Well, um, I do have a Facebook page, but people can email me directly and I will respond. It's Kathleen, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N dot M dot Fink at gmail.com. Perfect. And your Facebook page? Uh, what's it's the name of it? under the same name. Okay. Excellent. Well, again, thanks for coming on. I, I really appreciate you sharing this message with us. My pleasure. It was a great pleasure to have you be interested in the topic that I love so much, namely writing in retirement. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that interview and that you got some great ideas out of it and it got you thinking in the right direction. And, you know, I've seen this several times before and it's interesting. It's not until Kathleen pointed it out that I realized, wow, you know what? I, you are on to something here. I've seen several people and I've met several people, have some good friends who have approached their business this way. It came from a passion, not necessarily a need to have to make a certain number. And it's very interesting to me how that approach ended up giving them the income that they needed and even more uh, anyway. So anyway, it's just different approach to this, different way to look at it. Not for everyone, but again, if you're at a stage in your life where this makes sense, I think Kathleen has some great ideas here that she shared with us today. I wanted to remind you that you can grab the detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 52. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you shared it with friends who you think might get something out of it. And the easiest way to do that is by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash love or using any of the social media sharing buttons that you see on the show notes page. And of course, if you're willing, a quick star rating or a short review on iTunes is always, always welcome. I truly appreciate you guys that have been doing that. It really helps the rankings on the show, which increases the chances that people who haven't come across this material will run into it and profit from it. So that brings us to the end of the episode. I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.